My unbelief, okay? So uh, kind of a different take on some of the same stories my, my brother's been talking about. Remember the um, young child that was possessed by the demon and the disciples went to pray for him, Mark chapter 9, and they couldn't get the demon to move and the kid was wallowing and foaming on the ground and acting up and just really a really a sad situation, you know, and uh, the story picks up in chapter 9, verse 20, it says, they brought him, the child, they brought the child to Jesus, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, okay, he fell on the ground and wallowed, he foamed at the mouth, and Jesus asked his father, how long has he been doing this, you know, and uh, he said, from childhood, so this is a bad deal, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't right, said he, um, that demon tries to throw him in the fire and the water, tries to kill him. And then he comes and says, Jesus, if you can do anything, have some compassion on us and help us. Well, Jesus turned it right back on him and says, if you can believe, all things are possible. And this is the crux of my uh, message tonight. Immediately the father-child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So could you be in faith and unbelief at the same time? What? Say it ain't so, but you could. Okay, I'm going to prove that to you. See, that father had faith. Jesus was on kind of like a tour, you know. He was like a traveling evangelist. And so it took some effort to get to him, you know, and he wouldn't have believed he could help him if he wouldn't have went out of his way to go meet up with him. So the dad had faith, okay? And I believe the disciples did too. You know, Jesus gave them power. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Over all the diseases, all devils, all demons, go out and make them do what you, what you say. So they had already seen that. So they had faith too. But everybody saw the drama of this kid. You know, ah, whatever he's doing, you know, I'm going to keep you away. Foaming and wallowing and carrying on. And it freaked them out. As we'd say here in the South, it freaked them out. Well, and notice how the father said, hey, if you can do it, help me. And Jesus gently, you know, said, no, no, no. If you believe, if you believe, all things are possible. So the question is, can you have faith and unbelief working at the same time? I believe you can. See, being in faith does not necessarily mean there's an absence of unbelief. And I learned this this week, and I kind of knew it, but I didn't really understand it. So the father readily admitted to having faith and also being an unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, Jesus didn't say, no, wait a minute, hold it, hold it. You can't, you can't it's either one or the other here. You know, are you believing or are you an unbelief? Come on now. I know your kid's wallowing and going over on the ground. No, he didn't correct him. So apparently you can have both. All right, here's another example. Remember the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, got healed immediately. And right in the middle of that, there was a ruler of the synagogue named Jairus. His daughter was sick to the point of death at home. And he says, if you just come to my house, Jesus, there's your faith. If you just come to my house, she'll be fine. Well, in the middle of that, you know how them women, when they start talking, Mike, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make y'all grin twice at once. When women start talking, especially about, you know what I'm saying, it's like, 
I could see this guy, you know, your, your daughter's about dead, you know, it's like, would you shut up? You've got your miracle. Can you see him? You know, you know what I'm saying? Can you see that? You know, if this woman just shut up, he's insane. Come to my house. That's just like a woman to keep on talking. I can't you see him? You know, he's sitting there. Yes. But on the inside, he's like, boy, I can just, if you just shut up, you know, well, finally Jesus looks at him and he says, fear not and do what? Only believe, only believe. Well, so I was saying, you know, what would it matter? What would it matter? After all, this is Jesus. He can do anything, right? Right? So why would Jesus stop him and say, hey, 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 don't be in fear, fear not, only believe. Why would it matter about the demonic son's father? Why would it matter? I mean, he really had a problem. If anybody had a right to go, woo, and be, you know, your son's going on the ground, you know, the dad had an excuse to do that. Right? He did. It shouldn't matter, should it? It shouldn't matter the circumstances, should it? We got Jesus on the scene. So does believing automatically exclude doubt? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. They're arch enemies, and it don't take much for unbelief to win out. Remember what Jesus said, famous words, the pillars of the faith message, Mark eleven twenty three. for assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea right here, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, and he'll have whatever he says. So speak, do not doubt, but believe. So yeah, yeah, you could believe and not believe at the same time. So, be writing down notes. Here's my miracle equation. You know what a miracle equation is? It's faith minus doubt equals a miracle every time. Faith minus doubt equals a miracle every time. Faith don't equal a miracle. It's faith minus doubt equals a miracle. All right? Here's one. Here's the, here's the riddle of the night. Here's the riddle of the night, Jerry. How do you take a, key, how do you take a teacup? A teacup, right? And lift 33 tons a quarter of a mile up in the air. How do you do that? Stay tuned. Hold on. See, most more born-again believers grossly, that's the word the Lord showed me, grossly underestimate the power of unbelief. They just don't realize it's there. The antidote to unbelief is not more faith. Wow. I thought, man, we'll just out-faith this thing. You know what I'm talking about? We'll just keep reading the Word because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So just keep on reading, brother. Be strong in the faith, brother. Jesus told his disciples to believe and doubt not. He told Jairus to only believe. And the father of the boy readily admitted, I believe, but help my unbelief. Belief, help my unbelief, right? So unbelief is the negating force to faith. That's what we learn from this. It wasn't that the disciples didn't have faith or the dad. It was that their unbelief diluted, right? Counteracted, negated, stopped what faith was trying to do. Wow. Think of this right here. Think if you could see a gauge, right? Like a, like a gas gauge, you know, like a needle in your car, a gas gauge. So you got a faith gauge and you got an unbelief gauge, right? Right? I'm saying, I'm saying, what, work with me on this minute. You got your faith gauge over here. And every time you read that Bible, man, and quote that word, boop, 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 you see the gauge going up. Does that make sense to everybody? Don't look at me like i got three heads. Come on now. Y'all work with me. I'll hurry if y'all work with me, all right? Then you got an unbelief meter over here, right? Unbelief meter. Most people, 
that are Christians, if you interviewed them, right, they would think if you get this baby full over here, this faith gauge, it don't matter what's over here. That's not right. That is not right. Most people keep thinking that a high level of faith is all it takes. But here's the deal. You just get this faith gauge just to move. I'm talking just boink. I've got a car, and every time I crank it, and it sets up a while, I'll pull the fuse to the fuel pump, and I'll spin her over a little bit, Marty, till I see that little oil pressure go boop. And now what does that mean? Oil pressure's in the motor, right? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's, got, it's got its oil. All you got to do is barely move that faith gauge, that faith meter. Just get her up off of E just a little bit. And I'm going to tell you a secret. You already got the gift of faith, didn't you? You already got it. You was born with it. Baby gift. But you can't have nothing rational in that unbelief meter. It's got to be unhooked. You know what I'm saying? It's got it's to be not working. You know what I'm talking about? It's, 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 it's got to be not in the puzzle, not even a piece of the puzzle. It's got to be out of here. So here's another. I'm going to ask you again. So how again, how again could you take a typical teacup, a little teacup, and lift 33 tons a quarter of a mile in the air? Here's another clue. You fill it with something real special. You fill that cup with something special. And you pour it out and apply it. And you put it to work. Stay tuned. We'll still find it. Anybody know what it is yet? You can stay there. All right. So something special. I got that. I didn't, put a, I didn't put a G on it. Something special. Something special in this world is pure faith minus the unbelief. You don't see it much. That's why you just need a little bit of it. I'm talking about just a little mustard. Just, just a little giblet piece of it, Daniel. Just a little, just a little, little piece, Daniel. A little piece. Hello. Pure faith minus unbelief. See, Jesus had plenty of faith, and he knew how to use it. But you know, in his hometown, he couldn't even heal a cold. He couldn't even heal. He, he, prophet with, is without honor in his home, hometown. He could not do anything in his hometown of Nazareth because their unbelief, their unbelief gauge was pegging on full, and it was killing everything he was trying to do. That's something. Now, this is the creator of the world. It's, I know you had to think about it. It wasn't the amount of power exerted or the amount of power he could exert, right? It was, the matter, it, was, it was a matter of the negative unbelief that surrounded him. There was nowhere for that little seed to take root. And the Lord said that it bounced off their hard-headed, tainted soil of unbelief. Man, look at that. Can you imagine Jesus is right there in front of you and you can't, you, you can't get you... You can't get you, you, your unbelief meter to get out of the way. I mean, it's just, it's just stopping what the Lord's trying to do. Here's a cool story. There was a, there was a city back in the day called Bethsaida. I thought it was Bethesda. It's one, but it's B-E-T-H-S-A-I-D-A. And the Lord said, he, he talked about it. He said the folks there were some of the most hard-headed, hard-hearted, resistant, unbelieving folks he'd ever tried to minister with ever tried to help. He said that the mighty works that were done, if the mighty works that were done in them were done somewhere else, that other place would be uh, repented and wearing sackcloth and ashes by now. That's a bad spot. But it also happens to be the place where, remember the fella that was blind from birth? Remember, he didn't have no eyeballs. Jesus is fixing to spit in the mud. You remember that story? It's in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. He came to Bethsaida, B-E-T-H-S-A-I-D-A, and they brought him a blind man. And the blind man begged Jesus to touch him. Wow. 
So what Jesus did, I didn't ever see this. He took that man by the hand and he led him out of the town. Whoa. And when he had spit on his eyes, put his hands on him, he asked the man if he saw anything. Anybody know what the man said he saw? Men walking like trees. Now it goes in another story, he spit in the mud and Lord show me, this fellow ain't never had no eyeballs in his head. He made him some eyeballs. I mean, think, how'd they make Adam? What'd they make Adam out of? Marshmallows? No, out of mud, man. Come on now. Yeah, that's right. So he, so, he, so he made him some eyeballs, right? He prayed for him. It's the only recorded instant of Jesus praying for a man twice. And before I thought, you know what? Why, why, why? I see why now. Because the unbelief that was in that man from that town he was in. Think about that. Think about that. I believe when he saw the first time he prayed, he saw men walking like trees. I believe that mud in his eyes, because he told me to go wash in the pool of Bethesda, remember, and wash what you didn't need out your eyes, because I'd have made you some eyeballs. Them, them eyeballs was turning from, from mud to flesh based on how much this man, how quick it happened was based on how much this man believed what Jesus did. He started out seeing men walking like trees. Then he started seeing good. And Jesus, what he told him, he said, hey, he said, he said, uh, then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into that town and don't tell anybody about this in that town. Why? Because of the doubt and unbelief. Could have sucked the miracle right out of his head. I believe that. That's awesome right there. That's awesome. See, sadly, very few people are doing much in the area of unbelief control. In other words, keeping track of what's on that unbelief meter. Very few people are doing that. They just keep trying, striving to make their faith stronger. Oh, just be strong in the faith, brother. I mean, that's quick. That, you, know, you, don't, you don't hear anybody say, get that unbelief out you. You don't, you don't hear anybody say that. You know what I'm saying? That ain't cool. But if I say, be strong in the faith, brother, you know, that sounds churchy, isn't it? But, but if you tell somebody, dude, you're just stinking from unbelief, that don't sound right. I don't sound right. You heard somebody's feelings saying that, wouldn't you? Hey, it gets worse. I'm going to tell you here in a minute what he came to say. See, he said, <laughs> if faith comes by hearing the word of God, right, right, unbelief also comes by hearing things contrary to what God said. Remember when Peter tried to walk on the water, right? Typical, famous story we all know about. Unbelief started sinking, Peter. And he, he began to sink, which means he didn't just kabloop and they said, where'd he go? He's under the water. No, he started to sink. And that's what unbelief does. It creeps up on you. It sneaks up on you. Faith to faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. I think of it as like putting, putting, a, putting a varnish coat on a piece of wood. And you come back and put another coat. It's a gradual buildup of a coat. A gradual buildup. And over time, you start getting a big, thick layer. You know what I'm talking about? Faith cometh like that gradually. So does unbelief. Unbelief will just sneak up on you. You'll see that meter moving a little slowly every day, a little more over time, over time, unless you renew your mind, which we're going to talk about in a minute. All right. So I have to ask you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking about? What are you, what, what are you thinking about? Most people consider every other voice but God's, every other voice. So how do we fix this? We need pure faith. We need that little seed protected, separated from unbelief. Well, man, we're knocking this out. So anybody remember what my miracle equation was again? 
Anybody? Come on. Faith minus doubt, unbelief, equals a miracle. I'm going to ask you again. This is the last time I'm going to tell you the answer this time. How do I take a teacup? A teacup lift 33 tons, quarter mile in the air. You fill it with something special, you pour it out, right? Put diesel fuel in it, Daddy. I can put diesel fuel in a teacup. I can pour it in a cement truck. He can drive up a mountain pass and be a quarter mile in the air before that teacup of gas fuel runs out. But you know what? If that fuel ain't pure, if that fuel's got water in it, if that fuel's diluted, it'll never work. That's how the Lord showed me what unbelief does to a person's faith right there. See, miracles don't require a huge amount of faith. Just a very little bitty, itsy bitsy, teensy teensy, tiny amount of pure faith applied correctly and not watered down with unbelief. Somebody say, to me, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, come on, Lord, help my unbelief. Put it to work. Put it to work. In Luke 17 and 78, Jesus talks about us having a servant, a slave. He talks about the servant doing things in the field, feeding the cattle. And he says, why don't you let that servant come in and sit down before you eat? Get that servant to also feed you too. It's not that you need more faith. You already have the servant of faith. You just need to know how to use it. It'll help you all the way down to put food in your belly and clothes on your back. All right. Remember when Jesus finally came over helped out the situation with the dad and the child. Jesus said unto them, because they said, Jesus, you know, we knocked out so many demons. Why couldn't we knock this one out? What's up with this one? And Jesus answered, he said, because of your unbelief, assuredly I say unto you, if you have faith like that little mustard seed we're talking about, and might as well put pure faith in front of it, you will say this mountain, move from here, it'll move and nothing be possible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. All my life, I thought this kind was the demon that was choking the little child. I thought it all my life. I thought all my life that, that, that getting rid of this demon, only a big faith gun like Jesus could do that, do all kind of prayer and fasting. I thought heaven's lights might even dim a little bit. You know, when that thing had to move, yeah. Just to get that monster to move, you're going to dim heaven, brother. But no. The monster to defeat. Now think about this. The Lord, show me this. A weak, wimpy, put <laughs> my notes, uh, a puny punk devil would pick on a child. See? A weaker demon would attack a child. Because if you go to another story, you know, he had a, you know, he said, I am legion for we are many, you know, and his, this dude could break chains and and, and, and when Jesus told him to leave, he went and killed a big herd of swine. Now that's a, that, you know, that's, if nothing else right there, that one, that one right there, you know. But you got to think about this. This is a helpless little child, right? But see, the monster was not the demon messing with the child. The monster in the room, the elephant in the room, was the unbelief. This kind of unbelief comes out only through prayer and fasting. Not the big devil. In fact, that was a relatively, if you want to go there, a relatively weak devil. See? Now, what, the de what made the devil in that child look bigger is the emotional response 
he got out of the disciples. Now you think about it, a child <laughs> swallowing his tongue and spitting foam and wallowing in a circle on the ground. That gets to you, man. It's one thing to see an old person that's kind of what quote unquote wasted their life anyway, you know, and a lot of boy, a lot of people say, well, he deserves that anyway, the way he lived. I mean, that's one thing. It's not right, but there's a little bit to that than a kind of a fresh, young, innocent child since his birth has dealt with this, you know. It was an emotional thing. It was an emotional response. And Lord showed me that unbelief can originate from three sources. Very simple stuff here, but it means a lot if you think about it. It can, it can originate from just not knowing. You know, we say the word ignorance, and that's a kind of a bad term around here. You're ignorant. No, no, you just don't know. You just don't know. You've never heard how good God is. You've never heard what Jesus could do for you. You've never heard that you're already healed. You're already blessed. You're already prosperous. You're already, you're already paid for in everything in your life. You just don't know. You know, you just, you just hadn't heard about it. How do you fix that? You retrain the brain with truth. Who's ever heard of the scripture that says the truth will do what? Make you free. Don't just set you free. It makes you free. So ignorance, wrong teaching, wrong teaching. Boy, I tell you, I was raised some of that wrong teaching. You know, brother, God is sovereign. What does that even mean? You don't even know what it means. You're telling me. A lot of them wiggle them floppy jaws. You know, brother, get their, get their voice real, when they talk about it. You know, in this life, a little rain will come. And you know, he allows things teach you brother that's just mess right there that's wrong teaching but a lot of people are living their life right there right there right there he's just trying to teach you something no he's not you see what I'm saying the antidote for that is get the junk out your life retrain the brain get the error out of your life get the water out of your fuel because your engine ain't ever going to run. You can grind on that starter till she smokes. It ain't ever going to hit with water in that fuel, with, with unbelief in that faith. It ain't ever going to work. See, when the boy fell on the ground, wallowing and foaming, <laughs> making all these noises, I mean, it, it attacked all their senses, their five senses. They heard it, see it. I think he threw up and they smelled what he ate for breakfast. I really do. I think all five of his senses, their senses, was, was overwhelmed by what they saw. They experienced emotions that they never, this is the most violent, demonic attack manifested, manifestation to date. It's the first time they'd seen mess like this. It doesn't matter in their minds that Jesus had given them Authority already over all demons and sickness. They let that go right out the window with the first of the little baby. You know what I'm saying? You hear that again, Daniel? He was making some really crazy noises. And those noises, it's something about somebody foaming at the mouth. You know what I mean? That's something about that. In those days, when you foamed at the mouth, you'd have been bit by something. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That, that, ugh, that's, 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 that's like taboo, if you will, back in those days. So that... All that plus him being a child really, really, really messed with him. Messed with him. So think about it. You're getting bombarded, sensory overload, if you will, of everything repulsive and contradictory to yourself. You're seeing a child go through something. And for the first time, you're trying to do what you've always done. It didn't work. Okay? 
So the Lord would show me something that if your five senses don't work, we need an extra one. We need a sixth sense. You got taste, you got feel, you got smell, you got hear, you got touch. And most of the time, I'm going to show you what the Bible says, you walk by faith and not by sight. A lot of times these five senses ain't going to cut it. It ain't going to get it. They'll fail you. If you rely only on them, they won't get you through. They won't get you through. So we need an extra sense. We need one greater than all the other senses. You ever thought about that Father God may just ask you to do something that's totally contradictive to your five physical senses? Think about that. Think about it. He may ask you to do that. He may ask you to do that. I don't forget one time when I was a kid, you know, I was working, working for the county. I, didn't, I was young, about 17, 18 years old. I'm working. I was learning how to hear the Lord's voice, you know. I never forget. Uh, I was uh, just learning how to sing, man, just learning how to, just learning how to do what I've been doing ever since. And uh, the guys were kind of poking me a little bit. You, have to, you, you probably know, working on construction, man. Good friends, but they'll bust your chops, won't they? <laughs> they will. You know what I'm talking about. End of the day, though, everybody love everybody. Everybody do anything for anybody. So it's poking fun at me and calling me Elvis. <laughs> Sing us a song, Elvis. And it was in a ditch pile. You remember this, don't you, Daddy? And uh, uh, I remember I heard the Lord say, well, just sing for him. I said, hey, oh, my goodness, you know, you know. So, man, I did. I made him sit down. It was in a ditch pot, big old ditch pot. And I started singing, and the Holy Spirit started moving in that ditch. Totally contradictory to all of my senses. You remember, you came up, and it was wiping tears out of their eyes. You remember that, Dad? You were that? That was early on. That was early on. I remember one time the Lord told me I was working in this county, and it was working in front of this lady's house. She was sitting on her porch all day. It was an elderly black lady. And I remember he said, he said, uh, he said, I need you to reach in your pocket and get your wallet out and give her everything in it. And I'm like, man, <laughs> that's contradictory to what I want to do. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? That goes against the five physical senses. Of, I'm, I'm a young kid. I'm 18, you know. It's like, you know, wow. Give everything I had. He said, I don't want you to look at how much you just don't even look how much you give her. And I don't know what I give her to this day. But I felt some bills, though. You know what I'm talking about? I thought, maybe I got $3 in there. No, it was more than that. It's bunch. I don't know how much it was. But I was blessed. With Here, that, I remember one time, uh, this is recently, uh, I, I, have a, I have a bunch of folks that report to me, you know, and one of my buddies that I, that I work with that reports to me, he calls me up all in a fluster, you know. He says, I got to get off if you don't mind. I got to go to the dentist. He said, uh, he said I lost my... Uh, I lost my cap to my tooth, and he said, I'm just embarrassed. I can't, can't work like this. I said, where'd you lose it? You know, <laughs> where'd, where'd you lose it? Here in the office. He said, it's, it's here. I don't, it, he said, I sneezed or I did something. I heard it hit the floor, and he said, and, 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 and I can't find it. And I said, are you serious? He, he said, oh, we cleaned this place up, and man, they did. I don't think it, that place ever been cleaned up like that. Well, I hear the Lord. He said, go up there and find that boy's tooth. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I can find a boy's tooth. Contradictory to my senses, you know what I'm talking about? You know, and again, I'm the boss, so if I don't do this, I'm going to look like a Yahoo. You know what I'm talking about? I'm saying, okay, okay. I said, uh, I said, okay. I said his name. I said, all right, stay there. I'm going to come find your tooth. <laughs> Gets real quiet. Hello, hello, are you still there? He goes, you're going to do what? He said, dude, I'm going I'm to go find your tooth. 
Well, I had to drive all the way across UAB up there to where his office, where, where that office was. And all the time I'm over, I'm praying in tongues, man. I said, Lord, we got to find this boy's tooth. I said, because I don't, I don't, this ain't going to look right if I don't find this boy's tooth. After I don't say, I'm going to find this boy's tooth. And I walked in there, a good friend of mine, and he's talking like this, because, you know, it's his front tooth. You know, bless his heart, you know, this. He looks rough without his tooth. I'll just be honest with you. I said, where were you? He says, I was right over here. And, and he goes, and you see, they ain't nothing over here. And I said, well, well, wait a minute. What was here the other day? He goes, this, this cabinet over here was, 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 he was here the other day, this cabinet. And I said, so this cabinet here was over there. Yeah, I dropped it right beside it. And I, said, and I heard the Lord say, reach over there and get it, Matt. I heard him. And I said, right here? And, and uh, uh, I, I said, yeah. So I reached under there, and what had happened, Mama? It had cobwebs under it, Marty. And that tooth, you know, tooth like a marble. It, that thing said, bink, boink, and it bounced up under there and stuck in them cobwebs. And I reached under there and I said, I said, dude, I got your tooth. He said, don't you, uh uh. He said, that ain't a bit funny. I said, man, stick your hand out. Stick your hand out. I got your tooth. He started weeping. Then the word of God came. I said, Lane. Let me tell you something, bud. And I said, that was the Lord. And I said, and Jesus says he wants to make your life easy, not hard. And man, you're talking about Jesus up in that room right there, boy. But you're talking about feeling like a, you know what, man, before I went up there, contrary to my senses. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? But so, so you need another sense. We'll call it the sixth sense, right? The sixth sense. And I'm hurrying, man. I'm hurrying. What time is it? Man, it's 8 o'clock. I'm going to get there. We, we, I'm about done. See, your sixth sense is that inner voice, man. You know what I'm talking about? That intuition, that inner light. I call it my radar. And I'm one more story. I'm going to hush. I woke up yesterday morning. Okay, I woke up yesterday morning. And is it just me, Jerry? Or there's no humidity in the air, right? There's no humidity in the air. Dry as bone, cotton mouth. You know what I'm talking about? When you wake up in the morning. And we... We take care of all the controls for every building at UAB. And this last year, their new multi-million dollar art, it's the Art Institute, the original company that did the controls didn't do them right. They were bringing art in, right? And it was sweating. It was ruining its art. So we got in there last summer because the humidity was coming in in the summer, and we fixed it. But these humidifiers, so when humidity is high, we got that. There has been no low humidity, Marty, since last summer. I get up in the morning, my mouth's dry. My radar went off. This is the Spirit of God saying, when you get to work, you need to check on AIVA. That's the Heart Institute. And you know what? Them humidifiers weren't working because this is the first day that the humidity was low enough that you introduce water into the air, right? You know what I'm saying? You ever slept under a humidifier, puts water in the air? So, and see, that, that's that sixth sense that I've developed by blowing a horn too loud, probably, and singing off key with Bethany and John Marr, and just being in his presence. You see, that's the sixth sense I'm talking about. And not only does it work when you're trying to minister, but it'll work when you're on the job. He'll say, go this way, not that way, and something will fall over here. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm, I, I joke and kid a lot. But this works, guys. So where are we at here? Let me get this. Through your sixth sense, right, your sixth sense of faith, say that five times, you, your mind can be trained to react and respond to faith just like your regular senses. You have to get to a place where this sixth sense, 
where you own your other senses. I know that's kind of silly. You own your other senses, right? Instead of them owning you. Uh huh. So who's in with me on this? How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? I was sitting in a meeting yesterday, big fancy meeting, you know, and we're talking about chemical storage for UAB. I'm responsible for all the chill water plants and steam plants, and, and uh, we get this caustic. We, we actually take, you know, we have a, what's called a chlorine dioxide machine, and we treat water with it. So that chlorine can be kind of dangerous, so that the OH and S bunch for UABs won't know how y'all handling all this. I'm sitting there, and we're talking, and we're, we're, we're doing good. We've got to get some spill containers. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there in the meeting, I'm at the head of the table. And I'm looking, and I feel the Lord nudge me. He goes, hey, Matt, I'm, y'all believe me or not, I don't care. This is what happened. He said, hey, you know, <laughs> he said, unbelief is spiritual obesity. Well, I, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to work here. You're, you're, I'm trying to work here. I'm try- I got, he goes, no, I'm serious. He said, I finally got you still to listen. Because I've been, I've been running all day. It was off Monday. Tuesday was just a big day. I'm finally in a meeting, sitting there. About 12 people in the room, this sweet little Indian lady, she's just talking all kind of stuff, you know. And I'm sitting there looking at her, and the Lord's going, unbelief, hey, write in your notes. It's spiritual obesity. Yeah. He goes, you feed it, it'll keep growing. You need to write that down. I'm like, yeah. I'm going, yeah. And she, she's I'm like, yeah. He goes, if you starve it, it'll get smaller. He says, so you got to exercise. That sixth sense we're talking about, and, and, and make it strong. This, this, I'm not lying. I'm like, dude, let me get out of here and tell me some more about this later. I'm, you don't have to believe me. Y'all, that's the relationship I have with the Lord. That's my sixth sense. That's my sixth sense. So, who wants to be slim, trim, mean, lean, faith fighting machine? Here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to hear about this? And I'm going to hush right here. I mean, this is like, we have 22 of y'all here tonight. You know what I'm talking about? We're just kind of having fun. You know what I'm saying? Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food belongs to those who are of a full age or mature. That is those who by reason of use right here have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the passion translation said spiritual senses. Well, your spiritual senses, that's your sixth sense because it's not your natural five senses, Right? Remember, unbelief comes from ignoramusness. Never knew, never heard, didn't know about God's word, right? It comes from wrong teaching. God will get you, brother. I've seen a many a man go down from the training of the Lord. That's stupidity. And then your natural senses. So if you get above your natural senses with your sixth sense, so much so that the Lord can interrupt you in a meeting and, and just kind of just just. But today, I said, Billy, what was she talking about yesterday? Because my guys in there, oh, we're talking about buying these spill things. We put a 55-gallon drum in a little tub and a 55-gallon drum leaks. So you got it? He goes, yeah, I got it. He's just going to talk. He's going to talk about $10,000 for all three. I said, that's fine. So y'all, y'all got it. They were all, my guys are in there. And I'm sitting there looking at this lady going, yes, yes, spiritual obesity. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a true story, mama. True story. I'm not, would I lie to y'all about that? That's a true story right there. That's a true story. Yeah. So, do you realize that your natural senses can be exercised and trained to understand things beyond this natural world? Who even believes that's true, that can happen? Right. Yeah. Exercise is how you develop that sixth sense we're talking about here. Okay. Everybody's talking about the blind man. Remember when he was a kid? Who watched Kung Fu when he was a kid? 
grasshopper. That guy could hear that little grasshopper walking. Y'all remember that? Y'all are looking at me like I had fell off a boat. Nobody watched Kung Fu when there was a kid. Jerry Godwin did. Come on, 8.30 Thursday night. And my mama didn't let me stay up and watch Kung Fu. Kwai Chang Kang. I seek water. I seek water. And that guy with them white eyes, he was blind. But he could Kung Fu you, man. Don't you mess with him, dude. Why? Because his senses were exercised other than the ones he lost, right? And remember, he'd go, he, he, would, he, would, he would talk real funny, you know, and he would talk, he'd be looking, he said, just like the grasshopper, let the grasshopper. And there'd be a grasshopper walking right there, and he heard that grasshopper. I, mean, I remember, why can't he get nothing out of y'all tonight? Come on, who's heard of that? You've, you've heard of it. Yeah, you have. Well, a blind man, after, after a while, his other senses start really getting good. Think about that. Y'all know it's true. Y'all have heard that. He could smell better. I bet I could, yeah, I bet I could smell Daniel. What? <laughs> He'll smell better. Think of Braille. I've done it, guys. I've brought a bunch of elevators. And when nobody's in there, I'm going, I shut my eyes and be feeling the elevator going, how in the world do these people do this? That just feels like a little thing. Their touch, the sense of touch, touch sensation. Who's done it? Come on. Been on that. Marty, you've done it. With nobody in the elevator, and you don't hit where you're going, you shut your eyes and say, how you want in the world? How did they do that? I'd end up in this roof or something, you know? You know what I'm saying? I'd be going, I'd be saying, hey, can somebody tell me what that button is? The sensation of touch gets a lot better, right? Okay. Their mind, when t over time, will compensate for the lack of sight, and they rely more on their other senses. Just like that, your mind can be trained to rely on faith, just like a blind man. Right, with a cane or a seeing eye dog. That's your sixth sense. So who's heard the scripture, you walk by faith and not by sight? You walk by your sixth, little, 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 your sixth sense. And this ain't no, this ain't no, this ain't no slant. It's the ultimate seeing eye dog. You walk by a spiritual seeing eye dog, your sixth sense of faith. My, my uh, oldest son, Will, has got two Doberman painters. Dude, these dogs are just impressive, aren't they, Daddy? They're just impressive. It, it could be 12 o'clock at night. Will said, you know, Brittany's, McDonald's nursing the baby at 2 in the morning. They ain't nobody in Pleasant Grove uh, awake but her. You know what I'm talking about. She said, and they sleep in a cage. She said, dog be sitting there sound asleep. Raise his head up and go, Mrrr. And Brittany's go, Will, Will. Dog raised his head. Will said, Zoe's growling at something. What is it? Will goes to the front and sees a fox walking slowly up the road. How does that dog do that? The windows are shut. The doors are shut. It's wintertime. How does that dog do that? It's got a heightened awareness. Its senses are greater than ours, right? Smelled it. Heard it. Both. Your sixth sense... You can walk by that. You get to walk by that once it's developed. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense to y'all? You walk by that sixth sense of faith, the ultimate seeing eye dog, the ultimate hypersensitive uh, awareness. You get to do that. All right, last point, and we're out of here. How do you exercise your spiritual senses? You got to get above, you got to own your normal senses. You deny your natural senses, right? It builds spiritual endurance and trains your sixth sense. 
And y'all know where I'm going. You know where I was heading and where I began with. This kind of unbelief will only come out through prayer and fasting. Now, I wish I had all kind of cool fasting stories for you guys. I don't. I don't. I don't. Most Christians don't spend enough time praying and fasting with the Lord. See, our minds are spent consumed in a physical realm with every kind of hyper-stimulus on tap to keep us fully occupied and immersed. Think about it. There's 8K TVs coming out now. You know, who goes to Sam's and sees them TVs and you see the sweat dripping off a frog's nose? You know what I'm talking about? Just stand there and just gawk at it, you know? This realm's media-driven agenda works very hard 24-7 to tend to every whim of your natural senses, and its ultimate goal is to program us into a spiritual, uh, excuse me, program us into putting our feelings first and foremost. So here's the deal. If a problem arises, if a calamity happens, crisis strikes, oh, buddy, we get instantly spiritual and give faith and prayer all we got 100% in, my brother, Right? The only problem is a lot of times it could be too little too late. You know what I'm saying? You know, why? Because you got water in your fuel. You know, the cement truck's ready to do what you want it to do. Yeah, it's ready. It's, it's, it's tuned, man. It's, it's ready to do the thing you want it to do. But there's water in your fuel, my friend. Too bad their senses had too much control over them. Lord, help our unbelief. Fasting is the magic bullet, Lord told me. Most effective way to deny all of our five senses at once, here's what he said, it puts a whammy on your whole physical existence. Our taste and appetite is the most powerful thing we got. So if you're dominating control by your five physical senses, if your physical senses are more real to you than what God has said, and your sixth sense is not strong enough, and you're tired of seeing things not change, fasting will help you. It'll change it. It will. Hey, skip breakfast. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and if you're hungry when you do it, it's working more. You know what I'm trying to say? In other words, you've, you've got to own yourself. And Lord said it this way. I'm going to hush right here. Is it time, baby? What time is it? Yeah, 8.15. You've got to get out of your own way. You ever heard everybody say that? I've heard before. You can't get out of my own way. You can't get out. And we, we, we kind of joke. My little, my little buddy, Daniel, he's, he's my loving mother, but the man can eat. I even messed with him. I said, like, is he hungry? Is he hungry for all biscuits and gravy and jelly? Is he hungry today? He is. He is. Is he hungry? And we love him. And he's grown up to be a mighty man of God. He is. He is. But you got to own your physical senses, man. You got to get above them. You got you to you you let them eat. You know what I'm trying to say? You got to let that sixth sense eat, man. And there's, some, there's no, and I'm telling you guys, I, I'm telling you guys, some, I wish all my foundry brothers was here. I wish, I, you know, I'm sure you've been on some really good trips, man. You've done some really wild stuff. You know, I know you have. And it's something you deal with in your mind. But there is nothing more exciting, exhilarating, and thrilling than having your Heavenly Father tell you what's fixing to happen, what's about to go down. They ain't, no better, they ain't no better feeling in the world of him to tell you to sell some stock before 10 o'clock. And all of a sudden, boom, you rich. It ain't no better feeling. I'm telling you, ain't no better feeling than that, guys. That sixth sense of faith. 
See, when we was kids, I'm a hush. It was almost like, stop eating the God does something. You know what I'm saying? No, that ain't it. It's getting you into a position to where anything he says is just, just, just meat and taters to you. You know, it's easy. I see it now. It's, I see what you're doing. That's why Jesus went 40 days, you know. He went 40 days in the wilderness. Then he started doing that tour to where everywhere he went, except his hometown, he healed everybody that was there. Because he got that unbelief. All you need is that little seed, and you got that in you. You got that in you. See, I said it before. Doubting God hurts him, man. Hurts him. Hurts him. Breaks his little heart. Big heart, I mean. Hurts him. Hurts him. But believing him gives him a thrill like no other. You can make God, you can thrill God because Jesus was, um, he marveled at their faith. Remember those stories? He marveled at the centurion's faith. He said, I ain't seen no faith like this, the centurion story. He says, no, 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 I'm a heathen. Don't come to my house. Just say the word. I'm a man of authority and I'm a man under authority and I perceive you are too, Jesus. This man was a pagan. You just say the word, sir, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I ain't never seen faith like this in the whole house of Israel. Now, that's, that's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and everybody down through there. Think about that. You can thrill. You can give God a thrill like no other by believing what he says. He said this, he that believes is always rewarded. <laughs> it just can't. It happens. Now, the Bible says, and I, I'm done, in Psalms 46.1, that God's our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Okay. Say, I'm calling him out on his word tonight. So if you say, Lord, help my unbelief, what's he going to do? He's going to help your unbelief. And this is what the Lord's showing. I'm going to close right here. All right, so think about it. The guy's got the, the kid wallowing, foaming, vomiting. Y'all remember the three stooges when old Curly would get on his side and go, whoop, 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 whoop. Y'all remember that, Marty, when, when Curly would do that? That's what that little boy was doing. And he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Well, something happened because the boy was healed. And I asked Lord today, I said, what was it? He said, it was the gift of faith. See, though he asked for help and ever-present help in a time of, just a time of trouble. We got Curly doing a whoop, 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 whoop on the floor, you know. But he helped my unbelief. And there is a spiritual gift in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. He said, to another, the gift of faith. Well, we all already have the gift of faith. We was born with it, the Bible says. And what the Lord showed me that the gift of faith really is the gift of zero unbelief on your unbelief meter. Say that three times. That's the gift of faith. So this guy's like his kids doing the foaming, wallowing, curly shuffle down here. And he says, I need something. Help my unbelief. Here's your gift of faith. Kenneth Copeland said he gave his first airplane away back a long time ago. He said it was the hardest thing he'd ever done. He said, once I did it, he said, the gift of faith came. He said, all I can say was it was like a stopper on the back of my head. And I heard the unbelief going gloop, 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 running down my back onto the floor. Think about that. Think about that. So who's going to ask the Lord for help with their unbelief? It just takes a teacup. It just takes a little bit, but it's got to be pure because faith minus unbelief equals a supernatural miracle. You can take your little teacup, short and stout, dun, 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 pour me out. If it's pure, it can lift unimaginable things. 
if it's pure. How do you keep it pure? By developing the sixth sense. Developing the sixth sense by, by, by seeing over into that spiritual world, downloading revelation knowledge. Let him show you secrets that you've never, never seen before in his word. You'd be sitting there at the table, you were sitting there at the meeting, and, and they'd be talking to you, you'd be going, yes, 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 and you're writing down what God's telling you instead about chemicals. <laughs> That's it. I love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Give the Lord a hand clap. Y'all enjoy this. Love y'all. Thank you so much.